Amen. Well, church, I have only 25 minutes to preach, which is nothing for me. It's just for my introduction. I don't know why they do that to me. I mean, Paul, where's Paul? Why do they, why do they uh, just give me 25 minutes? For the Hispanic preachers, it's 25 minutes only for the introduction. So I'm afraid I have to preach again, Daniel. So you better uh, set me up because... Uh, I would like to finish my sermon. Church, let's go to Matthew chapter 2. I would like to share a few things. I may not be saying new things to you. Maybe you know lots of things about, um, you know, Christmas, about the advent of Jesus Christ. But I pray, I pray, I wish for you to hear what the Lord would like to tell you. Uh, I used to call myself the donkey. Because remember, when Jesus Christ was getting into Jerusalem, he was using a what? A donkey, right? It's not all about me. It's about the one that we represent. I hope you can understand my broken English. Uh, I ask to many of you guys to pray for me. And while I'm preaching, I'm praying for you, to, for you to understand what I'm saying. I hope that will happen. Even when you shake your hand, I know you, God will do something about it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, and he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when, they, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had been seeing in the east went before them, till it came and stood over their young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Father, use me and glorify your name. In Jesus I pray. Amen. There are only two places in the New Testament about the birth of Jesus. Luke speaks of the actual night of Jesus' birth. And Matthew tells us, a little bit more in detail of Christmas. Matthew writes his book from a Jewish standpoint, and for them, ancestry is very important. The genealogy he lists in chapter 1 traces the lineage of Christ all the way back to Abraham. Matthew does not tell us about the shepherds coming to visit Jesus in the stable. His focus is immediately on foreigners. Gentiles, non-Jewers, coming from the east to worship Jesus. In Numbers 24, 
when Balak, king of Moab, asked Balaam, a man uh, from the mountains of the east, to course the Israelites, God will not allow him. Instead, he pronounced blessings upon Israel. And in his final prophecy, we read, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel. You will find that out in, Math, in Numbers 24, 17. So as David Platt observes, we have in Numbers a man from the east prophesying a star and king among the Jews. And in Matthew, we have men from the east following a star to the king of Jews. I don't know why I have this problem with I was practicing this word, use. <laughs> I didn't say orange juice, I just said use. I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> while, there, while there are lots of traditions, while we have grown up around this story, uh, I have heard when I was very little, Casper, Balthasar, and the other guys, you know, the three kings, and we have no idea about who created that uh, tale. But Matthew do not give us more details. They just, he just said, man came. And, and somehow we can translate that possibly uh, as a wise man, magi. To be sure, the wealth indicates they were men of prominence in their own land, but just members of some, not just members of some isolated stargazing club. Did you know, church, that there is at least 300 different prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus Christ? And let me tell you, Jesus Christ fulfilled each one of these prophecies. I was reading an article about that. A guy said that for that to happen, it will be one possibility, I hope I can translate that in the right way, one millions of millions. He uh, the guy who did that, it's, he said one in 17,000 million times, which is something that will never happen. Anyway, Jesus is who he claimed he was. I want to take you to the lesson that I think it's important for us to know. I, I see three things. Jesus is the king of the U.S. Jewish. Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus must to be worshipped. Well, Jesus is the king. All of us were following, looking for someone. And in your life, you're going to be ending following what you call king. Verse 2 announces clearly who this story is really about. What is where is he who has been born king of the Jewish? That's a question of verse uh, 2. It's about a newborn son destined to be king of the Jews. But in verse 4, clear what the wise men really mean by king of the Jews. It says, gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Herod had been called king of the Jewish by Caesar August in Rome for almost 40 years 
but no one called him Messiah. Messiah means a long-awaited God-anointed ruler who would overcome all other rule and bring in the end of the history and establish the kingdom of God and never die or lose his reign. When we say yes to Jesus, we are saying yes to the one who is the king of the universe. He's not like any other king. These days we don't have kings, excepting a couple of countries in Europe. They do have some, that monarchy. But one day, one day we're going to see his face. We're going to see how beauty he is. And he is the king of all kings. Herod understands these fellows are not searching for him. An ordinary human successor. They're searching for the final king to the end, to end all kings. And of course, unlike Hannah and Simeon in Luke 2, what is the last thing Herod was looking for? He did not even know the simple scriptures about where the Messiah was to be born. So he asked the scribes and the text that they focus on Micah chapter 5 verse 2, and you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by not means least among the, the leaders of Judah, for out of your shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, that doesn't sound very extraordinary, extraordinary either. The reason is that the only purpose for which the scribes quoted the text was to answer Herod's questions. Where? And the answer was Bethlehem. But what if Herod has asked them who? They might, they might have read on Micah uh, cha in, in five, chapter 5 and on. He goes forth at for long ago from the days of eternity. And he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. So this king is not just coming into being a, in the womb of this mother Mary. His goings forth are forth long ago from the days of eternity and his king will not be limited of he, in his realm to Israel. He will be great to the ends of the earth. Jesus is the king. Well, not only that, that will take us Take us to the number two. Jesus is the Messiah. So I was reading a little bit about this, and I found this very interesting. What are some of the credentials of the Messiah who the Israelites were expecting? These credentials enable us to identify the Messiah and to recognize imposters. Only a few can be listed below, and this is what I would like to present to you. Number one. The Messiah would be from the tribe of Judah. Genesis 49, verse 10. The Messiah would be a descendant of King David. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. The Messiah would be a descendant of King Solomon. 1 Chronicles 22, 9. The Messiah was to be born at Bethlehem. Micah 5, chapter 5, verse 2. 
The Messiah will arrive before the destruction of the second temple, Daniel 9, 24. The Messiah will present himself by riding on a donkey, Zechariah 9, 9. The Messiah will be tortured to death, Psalm 22, verse 1 through 31. The, Messiah li the Messiah's life will match a particular description, including suffering, silence in his arrest and trial, death and burial in a rich man's tomb, and resurrection. All of this is in Isaiah 52 through 53, 12s, and there is some other Bible verses in other parts of the Bible. Please see that Matthew do not tell us about the shepherds coming to visit Jesus in the stable. His focus is immediately in foreigners coming from the east to worship Jesus. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was he who who was who has been born king of the Jews. So Matthew's gospel portrays Jesus at the beginning and ending of his gospel as a universal Messiah for the nations, not for the Jewish. And I have to stop right here. I said this morning to the uh, first um, service people, there is an amazing experience when you take somebody to those places where the name of Jesus was not mentioned before. Brother uh, uh, Brian Pohemus and some other guys who, were, uh, preaching, who are preaching the word of God into those places where nobody have mentioned the name of Jesus, they know that when the Holy Spirit come, come down upon them, open their understanding, and when they receive the truth of God, when they know who Jesus Christ is, let me tell you something. Something changed in their lives. Nothing is the same. Nothing should be the same in your life if you really know Jesus. So my prayer today is that God would let us see that people from the East, the wise men, they are looking for the king, looking for the Messiah. Here is the first worshipers, students of the stars. Wise men not from Israel, but from the east, perhaps from Babylon. They were Gentiles, unclean, unwanted by the Jewish. This is not only opened, this is not only opened the door for us Gentiles to rejoice in the Messiah, it, it, it added proof that he was the Messiah. Because one of the repeated prophecies was that the nations and kings would, would in fact come to the Messiah King as the ruler of the nation. That's in Isaiah 63. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So Matthew adds proof to the messianship of Jesus and shows that he is the Messiah. The king, the promised fulfiller for all nations, not for Israel only, but for us, the Gentiles. So, that takes me to the last part. Jesus must be worshipped. 
the ultimate purpose of God the Father is the universe to make His Son known and worshipped. The Father's great goal in all things is that His Son Jesus will be known and worshipped to the end of the world. To the end of every single tribe. How did, how did this star get the wise men from the east to Jerusalem? Some people come to me and they ask me, do you know exactly what happened in the desert when all of these Israelites were looking for food and all of that food came down from heaven? And I have to answer, no. Do you know how God opened a wide, opened the, the sea, you know, wide and dry through the Red Sea? And the answer is, I don't know. There is a bunch of things in the Bible that we don't have an explanation. That's where we need to use our faith. How God could operate a miracle, we don't know. Sometimes we'll say, God will say yes to that prayer request we have, and he will do a miracle. Doctors will be surprised. Doctors will be in shock, like, this is not happening. That's faith. There is a bunch of things in the Bible. A professor of mine in the seminary used to say, I have a list of questions that I will get with Jesus if I have the time in eternity to get and, and straight this up. Well, I added more questions. <laughs> One of the questions is, how in the world this beautiful bride of mine say yes to me? <laughs> and maybe the answer is, love is blind. <laughs> that was God, I guess. We don't know answers. We don't know how this star was guiding to all of these wise men exactly to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem, to where Jesus Christ was. See that? But God will do the impossible for you to understand one thing. Without him, you are nothing. And this is all about God is looking for you. God is looking for me. God wants for us to, to follow the star, to find the king, to find the Messiah, and to worship him. In this story, there are two kinds of people who do not want to worship Jesus. The king, the Messiah. The first kind is the people who simply do nothing about Jesus. He's not really someone important in their lives. This group, of, uh, this group is represented by the chief uh, priests and scribes. Verse 4, gathered, gathering together all the chiefs and priests and scribes of the people inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They didn't care about it. They went back to the normal. They heard from these wise men from the east where, who, and all of that. They didn't care. They didn't stop. They didn't follow them. They didn't go with them. They were just doing their own religious, meticulous, boring thing. And listen up, church. If we don't put Jesus Christ in the center of our songs, of our uh, preaching, of our teaching in Sunday school, we are just a bunch of those. 
I have to remind myself every time I come to the church, I have come to worship the king. And he's alive. And he likes for me to worship him. He likes for me not only to sing, to worship. Worship and sing, and sometimes they, they go together, sometimes they don't. We have to be sure that we are worshiping the king, the Messiah. This is not in the script. Sorry. What would you expect from these great religious leaders to make a change? When the Holy Spirit is looking for a church, when the Holy Spirit is looking for you as, as a couple, as a person, let me tell you something. Stop right there. Ask him, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to change? These guys didn't change nothing. Apathy was part of their lives. Let me tell you, apathy is a very spiritual disorder. What is apathy? God is changing people. You don't care. You are chasing your own dream, your own thing. Your wife is having a revival, and you don't care about that. You don't pray with her. You don't go to the Lord in the Word of God. You don't care about that. That's apathy. Your song is getting into the wrong way, and you're not seeking for God. That's apathy. And I'm afraid sometimes we could be found the same way these wise that were found. The scribes and chief priests have the entire Old Testament to point them to Jesus. But guess what? They were written without understanding. Do you know people who know the truth in the head, but they don't know the truth in the heart? They say, I understand that. Oh, another Christmas. Another big uh, gift to give. Another meeting. But they have no idea who Jesus Christ is. They, they still hold those uh, hard feelings in their hearts. Because they can't forgive. And Christmas is just another season of the year where... Later, they will be feeling guilty, frustrated, in anxiety. There is a different kind of people that Matthew describes, and this is the wise men, the visitors from the east. They were looking, searching. They were rejoicing about the fact that the king was born guys please don't see the size of the gift you receive the size of the gift you receive the price of the gift the present you receive do not talk about the love they have for you ladies be careful don't fall in love with diamonds some of you they are like oh, okay that's nice but I was expecting a diamond I know you're a queen. I know you are, yeah. But a queen, a real queen from Jesus, do not depend, do not stand only for diamonds. Let me tell you, a real queen will like to be treated like a queen. With love, respect, truth. Guys, truth. 
Sometimes we need to speak the truth, guys. And the only people who say amen and yes, that was the ladies. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I'm talking to you, not to them. How many different times we hide in lies for us to move on? Don't wait till that very day when everything is going to be revealed. Maybe this Christmas is a good time to bring your self to Jesus and say, I want to have a real encounter with you. Let this Christmas be the time when you consider the amazing gift of Jesus or Messiah or King who came from heaven to offer himself as a living sacrifice for our own sin, for my sin, and give you life purpose and maybe maybe this is the Christmas that you were waiting for wise men follow the sword wise men and wise ladies search for Jesus wise men make Jesus their king wise men <clears throat> worship worship Jesus what time is it pastor I'm okay 12 o'clock I deserve a lunch, amigo. <laughs> I can't believe it. But I want to believe that this message was for you and for me. Listen. Let's celebrate the advent of Christ. Worshiping him. And let's be the church that will respond to him. God, take away what I don't have and give me... Take away what I don't need and give me what you have. It's a simple prayer. Please, Lord, do something with me. Do something with my son. Do something with my family. Do something with my church. As uh, Brother um, Paul comes and plays something for me, for us, for us, for the Lord, actually. I don't know how many of you are dealing with some issues in your lives. And maybe this is the moment with a guy who speaks funny, maybe broken, with a guy who may not be giving you the super deep Hebrew and Greek translation meaning in all of these tongues and all of that, to tell you we need, we need to worship. We need to put Jesus in the center as a king and messiah. Maybe today is the day when you need to recommit your life to God, to the call of being a, past, a, a husband, a father. Maybe this is the moment when you have to come and say, God, I did it my way. But your way is better, way better than mine. I need some help. So please stand up. And I'm right here. My pastor is right here with me. Please, Pastor. We want to pray. We want to pray. We want to live your life, your family. We want to see the Lord working this Christmas in you. 
As I pray, let's go to the Lord. Father, you have sent your son, Jesus Christ. He's the king. He's expected, he's expected Messiah. And we want to adore him. We want to worship him. But you know us, God. You know us. You know my heart. You know my struggles. Maybe this is the moment that I was expecting. To bring you my son, my daughter, my family, my fears, my frustration, my depression. maybe as I found my king as I see his face his lovely eyes I will be renewed transformed, changed I need you Lord 